0: Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together, and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings, and distributing the proceeds to all As any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts by praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: Thanks be to God. Joined once again by Ben Washer and Josh Youssef. On Sunday, we talked about relational discipleship. You know, this is actually the text that we started this series with way back in January. That Sunday, uh, which was actually January 1st, I talked about relational discipleship. Um, But this is, you know, this is kind of one of these, like, results of conversion. Um, I'm not asking you guys to remember a sermon I preached six weeks ago, but if you remember from that sermon, I talked a lot about, um, the, the preceding verses, um, Peter gives this great sermon, right? The famous sermon of Acts two. And, um, and it says, uh, that, um, they basically say, you know, what are we supposed to do? Um, and he says, he says, save yourself from this crooked generation. Um, you know, giving them kind of this exhortation. So those who received the word were baptized. They were added 3,000. He basically says, repent and believe, right? Um, Okay, yeah. And back to verse 37, brothers, what should we do? Peter said, repent and believe every one of you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for your forgiveness of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit uh, for the promise is for you and your children. And so then, yeah, then they, they repent and they believe and they want to grow more. What else should we do? Save yourself from this, you know, continue to be discipled, basically, is what he's saying. Grow in godliness. And says, those who received his word were baptized. They were added 3,000 people that day. Um, And so this church experiences this massive conversion, okay? And I think that that's so important. Like, this idea of conversion. They were converted. They were changed. They became Christians. They became followers of Jesus. And what was the result of that? They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Um, They wanted to be a church, right? They all came upon many souls. Um, They had all things in common. They were concerned for one another, and this is the relational discipleship piece. They were in relational discipleship. They were making sure that one another's needs were met. They were praising God, and the result of them praising God was actually favor with all people. And, of course, the church grew. So, you know, I, I... we're talking about relational discipleship this week, but there is the kind of relationship that you can have with somebody who's converted, somebody who is trusting Jesus, somebody who has been changed by the gospel. And it actually brings you into this kind of familial relationship with them that is so powerful. um, And that really is life-changing.
0: This is good. You know, I think one of the marks of a Christian is that they're generous and that they are uh, hospitable and, um, and not greedy. You know, I remember meeting this wealthy couple one time and they were, uh, they lived very modestly and they were very generous with their money. And I just never forget the wife said to me, we're not grabby people. And I think that's the mark of a, of a Christian that we're not grabby. We, we see needs around us and we, we maybe make ourselves uncomfortable to meet that need. So they were, they were obviously selling things in order to help one another. They were, they were. This is not a communism. This is this is a this is a, I think an act of generosity or a spirit of generosity that is exhibited in the life of the believer, uh, as they as and 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 these are suffering believers. These are believers that really need help and are a minority within a, a, a you know a, a different majority context. So, yeah, I love this passage. It's this great. Yeah, I mean, what
2: strikes me is that they're. Their default is sharing, their default's generosity. The default of that community seems to be helping, giving, right. uh, devotion to one another and to the Lord. The default does not seem to be how can I get ahead, how can I be more successful, you know, et cetera. And I think especially in, in Atlanta, that kind of mindset and heart can really creep in fast, Yeah, you know.
1: Well and and I wanna to speak to Josh's point or a, a semi, a sub point of your I think that I think that people have a tendency to not go far enough with this verse or to go too far with this verse, right? And so I think some people will say, Oh well, you know, that was the first century church. Sorry guys, getting a call, but anyway, I think some people say, Oh, well, that was the early church. Um you know, they, um, of course, like, you know, this was a different time. It's not really how we live now. And so we can kind of shirk the generosity or the hospitality or this sense of, like, union in Christ. And we can say, well, we have more individualistic lives now. We can, we can actually opt for more of an American, you know, understanding of the Christian life. Or we can go too far with this. And, you know, this is like the classic seminary student that, you know, as idealistic and says, man, we're just going to be like the acts to church, bro. And like, <laughs> you know, and it's, it's, if you don't have a house church, you're in sin. Or if you, um, you know, if anybody is wealthy or, you know, whatever. And so I think, I think this is a good kind of point of, you know, conversation to talk about prescriptive and descriptive precepts in the Bible. And so this is not de- this is not prescriptive, right? So it doesn't say that every Christian should sell their possessions. In fact, we don't even see that in this text. I mean, actually, right after this, you have the story of Ananias and Sapphira, where they kind of lie. it's not they didn't they they weren't condemned because they you know didn't sell all their possessions. They were condemned for lying, and and trying to get the laud of having done something extra generous, uh, which I think is actually a good warning to the seminary student that like says that he wants to live by this, but. May well, not actually I want to live by it. Sorry
2: to interrupt, but I don't read this as saying. And all of them were selling all their possessions.
1: They were making sure people's needs. Were I read it as if for.
2: someone has a need, and I can sell a possession to meet that need. I'm willing, right. to right? And go that
1: there. and that happens like at Christ's Covenant all the time. So, I think my point is just to say like you can either go too far, or you can go not far enough. Like, what are the principles that are being described? Like, what 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 is a reaction to? The gospel and what is conversion let well, you do? And the principle, I think what you were saying earlier, Josh, is generosity. It's not communism. Right. The principle um, is hospitality. The principle is to make sure that there's nobody among us that's needy. Uh, the principle is we're going to devote ourselves to the apostles' teaching. Um, you know, I mean, these people are gathering every day. I mean, we, we may not gather every single day, but we're frequently gathering. Um, and in some senses, you know, if you, if you, if you take all the Christian gatherings that we have, um, you know, there's probably three or four a week. I mean, you know, we gather on Sunday, we gather with our community group. Maybe some of you are in a cohort like there, and that's good. You know, some of you just come gathering with a Christian friend to get a, you know, a cup of coffee or drink or something, you know, that's actually really, that is Christian gathering, even though it's not the formal gathering of all the saints on Sunday. What are your other thoughts, guys?
2: I would say uh, this strikes me as, especially in the community we're in, the time we're in, the exhortation I get from this is Are you willing to give? Are you willing to be generous in ways that are sacrificial? You know, so the danger for me reading this isn't um, Are we going to become communist if we go too far? I kind of wonder if we've gone far enough. Right, yeah. To be there for each other. Because, you know, the world looks into a community that's radically generous like that. And it's hard to hate it, you know. it's good. I mean. It's a
0: light. It's a light to the world. That phrase, generous hearts, you know, in verse 46. I mean, how do we cultivate generous hearts in our own life or even in our own children, in our children's life? You know, I mean, to be content, a a, a life of contentment, of generosity. Uh, I mean, Emily and I were just having this conversation this afternoon. She called me and said, you know, I want my kids to be generous with their money that they got for Christmas. And how do we sort of uh, create that atmosphere, you know? Well, and and I think it should
1: be noted, too, like this is not from a position of wealth and privilege. There were some people that had lands. I mean, but this wasn't like, oh, these were the most wealthy and influential (laughs) people, uh, you know, in Jerusalem. I mean, these are just folks, you know, And so it doesn't mean that you have to be an exceptionally privileged person to be a generous person. And I think that's another like great warning. People would say, well, I would be generous if, you know, if God would make me rich, right? Well, I will, I'll go ahead and tell you if that is your um, mentality, if that's your philosophy, the answer is no, you won't you're not like, faithful with a little. You won't be. Not, yeah. You just you just won't be. In fact, I would I would actually, I mean, I don't have a lot of resources, but I would almost argue that it's harder to be generous with plenty than it is with little. I totally agree. Yeah, it, it, and so like I totally agree. when I had like cuz it's like okay, when all I had was like, I mean, there was a time when I made, you know, 300 bucks a week. Like yeah. I made $300 a week. As the pastor of New Washington Christian Church, so to tithe. The just talk about that. To tithe like thirty thousand dollars or thirty. To tithe like three thousand or thirty dollars. Thirty dollars. $30, did it? I mean, it was like thirty dollars. Like yeah. you know, like I'd spend more than that on gas, you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, you start making. Let's say you make a hundred thousand dollars. Well, now you're now a tithe is ten thousand dollars. Well, that's a lot of money, and you can do a lot with ten thousand dollars. Yeah. And so you start thinking about like, well, man, I maybe I could invest this, or maybe I shouldn't give because I could put it aside and give it at the end of the year and multiply my investment and you know, and, and you start kind of talking your way out of it because yeah. it actually becomes a significant amount of money. Yeah. So the point I'm trying to make here is that is a lie from Satan. <laughs> you know, you won't be generous with much if you aren't it's easier to be generous with little than it is to be generous with much. Anything else? Anything else? It's Good. The challenges me. Hey. I mean, I'm
2: walking away from this going, where can I be more generous?
1: And, and and I think, and I think like there is a component to this. I mean, again, we're, we're sort of talking about relational discipleship here. Like the, the way that I want to be generous. I mean, there's a lot of great things to give mm. to, but I, I love the idea of partnering together as a local church, body of believers to do much. And, and I think that's a challenge, like even to our church, like, you know, we've obviously been in a season of, you know, spending money on the building and things like this and getting appropriate staff. But I mean, as we mature, and I'll say this as a senior pastor, like our posture as a church needs to be like, okay, how can we like leverage more money toward other things that are outside of Christ's covenant? Um, so I think that it, it applies to everything. It applies to our church. It applies to individuals. Um, so it's a good word. Well, for Ben Washer and Josh Youssef, I'm Jason Dees.